Staying in Contact. I'm London Mitchell. This morning, I'm chatting with longtime friend Art Weber, former public information manager for the Metro Parks and a person who has gained quite a reputation as a wildlife photographer. In both those roles, he's shown us that there is a wide range of wildlife to be found in the Metro Parks. Absolutely. Um, I don't even know where to start with that because it, it, what we have is really amazing in terms of variety, sheer numbers of species. Um, many of them, you know, not, uh, well, most of them, not like the big mammals, more like uh, different wildflowers, uh, insects, beetles, spiders, uh, you name it. But the variety is tremendous. We have quite a few things that are unique, at least in terms of the state of Ohio. Um, our parks are the only places you can see those things. Uh, other species occur more commonly in our metro parks than anywhere else in Ohio. You might find them elsewhere, but not uh, in the numbers that we have. Uh, and a lot of it is because of our oak openings, um, but we have lots and lots of different habitats. The oak openings has an extraordinary number of habitats in a very small area. And uh, naturalists across the country uh, study the area because it is so unique. Um, we can get as deep into that as you want, but uh, the real simple explanation is we have uh, undulating rolling sand um, over a very hard uh, substrate of clay. So the water table sits on top of the clay and where the sand is thin, it's very wet and where it's thick, it's desert-like. So you've got desert, wetland and everything in between in a very small area because of that that water situation so that's probably more than you ever wanted to know but uh it, it the result is that you can be on the sand dunes on girdham road which is very desert like and travel about 40 miles 40 miles 40 feet uh to uh to the east and go down a hill and you'll find salamanders so it's extremely unique and um, it's, it's something that we strive very hard to protect and manage. When we are walking through a metro park, any secrets that you can impart that let us know we are seeing something special and unique? Well, good question. And you do need a certain amount of familiarity to be able to, to deal with that. Um, the way to see the oak openings, uh, it, which back to that, because it is such a variety uh, and, and it is such an unusual area. The, the, but the oak openings is not, it doesn't hit you in the face like Yellowstone or Everglades or something like that. Uh, you, need, you need a little tour guide to help you really appreciate it. So you're looking for things like, especially if you're in an open field habitat, you're looking for uh, some of the tall grass species, tall grasses, big blue stem, the flowers, which are very tall. Those are all plants of the tall grass prairie, which is unusual to this area. And as tall as they appear to you, they might be four, five, six, even taller, six feet taller. They go even deeper into the ground than they are tall. So they're very well adapted to dry conditions, which you find in a lot of the oak openings where, remember we talked about uh, desert-like conditions. These plants can survive in that because they're so deep rooted. So that's, that's part of what you look for. Um, I don't know, me personally, I, 
I find just as much beauty in the common things as the unusual things, and I sure, certainly appreciate both. You, Art Weber, have gained some notoriety as a wildlife photographer. Any photos you are really proud of? It, it would probably be easier to tell you um, the most amazing situation I was in that I did not get a photograph of, and that that haunts me because it was right there, and I did not react quickly enough for it. Uh, I was in the Bay of Fundy, which is off of, uh, it's in Canada. It's a bay north of Maine uh, in New Brunswick. And uh, I was out in a little Zodiac and we were going after whales. Um, and the, the whale that was uh, in the area known to be around the species was, was, was called the, uh, the humpback whale or finback. I'm sorry, the, the finback whale which is a huge whale that does not breach in the same way as a humpback. So you don't get that all out of the body, uh, the whole body out of the water kind of an experience. It arches its back and takes its huge body arches and then uh, heads down uh, to sound as they call it um, afterwards. So it's a very impressive thing when you see it and it's very quick. We were out there. It was a, it was a, it was a very gray rainy day. Um, and we hit a spot where the clouds opened up and the sun shafted through the, the moist air. You could see the shafts of light and lit up a little patch of ocean of, of the saltwater bay in front of me. And just as all that happened, and I had the, the camera, which was not auto autofocus at the time, it was a film camera, uh, <laughs> which is my way of making a few excuses for myself. But uh, what happened in front of me was just absolutely magical and, and amazing. Uh, I presume it was the female whale arched her back. And at the same time, there was a calf uh, next to her. And the, they appeared very, very quickly. It was uh, an unbelievable scene. And I, it's etched in my memory and uh, I have no photograph to prove what the story I just told you. You have a new tabletop book out published by the University of Toledo Press. Uh, I presume you're talking about um, Riches and, Mar and Rarities, which was written by Elliot Tramer. He's a professor at the University of Toledo, or, or retired now, but extremely well-known in the area as a, as a really fine naturalist uh, educator. And as an educator, he's just an extraordinary communicator. So He's written a book. The, the book is about the natural history of Lucas County. And if you really want to understand, you just ask the question about how do you how do you tell what's rare versus what's not? Uh, this book is kind of your introduction to that. It's an extremely well written book that that broadens your understanding of, of what you're looking at in the different metro parks and why what we have here in Lucas County is so special. So Elliot's done that. And I was privileged to provide photographs for the book. So we're very proud of it. It was done uh, through the publisher of uh, University of Toledo Press, Yarko Cuck. And uh, it was really a fun project to work on. And I, I think if you have a copy of it and you flip through it and spend any time reading, uh, that you'll come away richer for it. I do have a copy. Yarko gave me one. And All right. uh, <laughs> I am richer for it. It's, it's a beautiful addition to uh, anybody's anybody's library and uh, you and i were talking not too long ago you've got another one in the works yeah we're um 
I'm working with a gentleman by the name of Ted Long, which is it's a name familiar to a lot of people. Uh, Ted's a, uh, uh, he's careful not to call himself a historian. He doesn't regard himself as that, but he's a great storyteller and uh, also a very good writer. And uh, we decided to team up and do a book on the Maumee River. Uh, it, it's heritage, its role in history, its role in developing uh, the development of this area and the kind of communities that we have in this area uh, and all the things, naturally speaking, that happened because of the river. It's a migration corridor. It's great fishing. As, uh, it's a year-round experience. And the river itself is, is, only, is, is only part of all the wetlands that we have available to us here. And, of course, the riches of Lake Erie uh, and Maumee Bay. So all of that taken together uh, is both beautiful and fascinating. And um, I th- we're going to try to tell that story. The uh, the out of doors for you has always had a, a real uh, magnetic charm. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of an understatement. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've I've been lucky uh, in so many ways, uh, and starting with parents that were uh, eager to take the family out to the metro parks uh, back, especially in the 1950s and 60s. So I, from early on, I, I loved going to oak openings and. Uh, actually, as a as a as a kid with with friends, I loved Secor more than anything because of the nature center that was there. We'd hang around the nature center and kind of be obnoxious to the people that were working there, uh, running around and playing some of the games that were uh, set up in that building, and then hitting the trails. There was always something great to see on the trails at Secor, which is as special as Oak Openings is. Um, in terms of the forest, I love the forest at, at Secor best because it's our oldest woodland in the Metro Parks. Of course, I didn't know that as a kid, but uh, I enjoyed the huge trees then and now. The first Metro Park, correct me if I'm wrong, was Sidecut? I, I will not correct you because that is correct. Sidecut was the first. The, the, the initial lands for the park district and uh, the backbone of, ever, of all we've done along the Maumee River uh, is the canal lands, <clears throat> the, the old Miami Air Canal uh, that stretched all the way to Cincinnati and on another leg to the Wabash into Indiana and beyond, was, was abandoned in the early 1900s. And we had on our board, uh, it was a three-person board at the time, now it's five, but W.W. Uh, Farnsworth, who was a state senator, was on that board and was involved in uh, deciding what to do with the lands that uh, would be abandoned as a result of the closing of the canal. And what he wrote into the legislation or worked with others to write into the legislation was that many of those lands worked as highways, worked for highways. So a lot of them were looked at, the Anthony Wayne Trail, for example, uh, follows the course of, of the canal through part of its link. But some of that land was a little too uh, inhospitable for highway use. So Farnsworth uh, wrote into the legislation that anything that wasn't needed for highways could be preserved as open space. Uh, In other words, parkland. And we arranged to have a 99 year lease renewable forever uh, for those canal lands in Lucas County that weren't used for highways. And side cut was part of that. People are probably, if you've been there, you're familiar with the big canal locks that are preserved there. And then moving further upriver, 
that whole stretch from Farnsworth to Providence is all connected by the old canal lands. So the side cut with all those locks um, was the first among the first lands that we acquired, and it was the easiest open to the public. So as the story goes, we opened with a couple of picnic tables, one of the old style stone grills and a well. And that was the start. That was uh, 1930, uh, 1930. So um, we've, we've gone from there and done great things. Well, Sidecut is my favorite of, of all the parks, especially yeah. when you can walk the, uh, the trail all the way uh, going toward Grand Rapids to uh, mm -hmm. just to envision what, what the history of the land was and some of the most beautiful uh, scenes along the river. Uh, mm -hmm. as you, as you walk, uh, it, it is definitely worth, worth the, uh, the hike just to see the river in, in so much of its natural beauty. And there, I say this about all park, park lands, but I think it's more true of the river than any place else that visiting the river one time doesn't tell you what the river is. I mean, it, it's so different in every season and so different even day to day in some cases. Uh, if you were to go out there today, you'd, you'd find a lot of exposed rock, um, both sort of cobblestone and also the flat rocks that you see in the, in the Jerome Road Rapids, which gives you one feel for the river. And if you come back after a heavy rainstorm, all of that's covered up. It's got a different look. The water's rushing past. If you're there in the spring, when ice goes out, it's, it's a... Uh, magnificent and also dangerous kind of a, a, a situation in some cases. So it, it's very, very different. And by the way, uh, with, with the fall coming on us here, uh, typically the best early fall color is along the river uh, because of the trees that are dominant along, along the river happen to be those that, that turn and, and lose their leaves pretty early for the most part, Buckeyes, Cottonwoods, uh, our dominant sycamores. Uh, so those trees all go yellows, um, but they're very beautiful along the river. So keep that in mind that, you know, the, the, there, there is a, pro, a procession in nature uh, of fall color. It's not one of these even things that happens everywhere the same way at the same time. Um, to me, fall color starts along the river and it ends at Secor Metro Park with the maples. Uh, and the deep woods there that's protected from the wind. So you can and find the, the maples and also beech trees uh, well into November many years. Art Weber, longtime friend and all-around great guy. That's our program for this week. Please join us again at the same time next week when we will again be staying in contact. I'm London Mitchell.